It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, once gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. When officers arrived, Pelosi and DePap were both holding a single hammer. DePap pulled the hammer from Pelosi's hand and swung the hammer, striking Pelosi in the head. Pelosi appeared to be unconscious on the ground. I don't really know what the suspect's intentions were, but what I do know, him being at that house was intentional, deliberate, not random at all. And who knows what was in his mind or what he was willing to do if things didn't happen the way he wanted them to happen. It's Miguel Almaguer reporting the police chief there also saying Paul Pelosi did not know this man, contradicting that wild conspiracy theory, that ugly conspiracy theory that's been online. Carrie Lake last night became the latest Republican to mock the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, hit over the head with a hammer, 82 years old. The Republican nominee for governor of Arizona made a joke about that attack during a town hall last night. She was asked about school safety, and she said this. It is not impossible to protect our kids at school. They act like it is. Nancy Pelosi, well, she's got protection when she's in D.C. Apparently her house doesn't have a lot of protection. But... Again, that's a joke about an 82-year-old man having its home broken into and being beaten over the head with a hammer to laughs from the crowd. NBC News reached out to Lake's campaign. The campaign responded by saying... Her remarks do not need clarifying, meaning Mika, she stands by the joke. I'm telling you. We also have Ted Cruz, a prominent United States senator, amplifying that conspiracy theory. And we should point out in that FBI affidavit, Mr. DePap confesses to this being politically motivated. He describes explicitly what he wanted to do and why he wanted to do it because of politics, debunking in his own words the conspiracy theory. All right, Sandy Rios with you. Good morning. Don't you love that story? This is Sandy Rios with you. I just have this to say, of course, no one, uh, no one would laugh about someone being injured, but they might actually find some humor in the rapid spinning going on about that story. Jack Prasobiak has been doing some research, and we find that we, I think we knew this already, but let me just say in writing that we know that uh, she has her own personal security. In fact, the police in San Francisco are not the security, lead security for her mansion. Uh, she has... Um, Capitol policemen who guard her, travel back and forth with her. She has multiple uh, cameras in her residence. There was no sign, uh, there's no footage being released. And we also have in writing the regulations of the San Francisco police describing how they must wear body cams. And so we we have all these stories. And I noticed that a lot of this information is coming from the information that you just heard MSNBC report is coming from Interim District Attorney Brooke Jenkins. And she says, she claims, there was no security present. You know, I have to say, that just doesn't make any sense. The The Pelosi's are, they're worth $344 million 
Well, that was since Nancy became, you know, a congressman. They weren't that wealthy before, but that's another issue. That's how much money they have. They live in this mansion in San Francisco. Do you think they don't have security? It really just, the illogic of it is probably what uh, strikes everyone. So uh, until security footage is released, someone else has pointed out that security footage seems to be um, a challenge when, you know, the narrative is not what the left wants it to be. Kyle Becker has uh, tweeted this, Hillary Clinton's 13 mobile phones have been smashed. Uh, we've not been allowed to see the 14,000 hours of footage from J6. The FBI has absolutely no idea what motivated that mass shooting in Las Vegas. What motivated the shooter? Never quite could get to the bottom of that. And Jeffrey Epstein, the suicide video, was accidentally deleted. Remember that? And Pelosi's 28 security cams malfunctioned. Of course, that's no, we don't know that for sure. Uh, but the point is made. All right, so that's enough about that. Who You know... Of course, we care about the health of Paul Pelosi. What we don't like is the spinning, the ridiculous spinning of the story. But it continues, and of course, they're blaming it on Republicans. But I'm, I've spent enough time on that. I want to talk about something that I think is, um, well, okay. Yeah, I think this is just interesting. Yesterday, a Wall Street Journal piece came out saying that Latino voters— and, and white suburban women, often two groups linked together, right? No, not really. Latino voters and white suburban women have moved 26 points toward the GOP since August. August. August was just like the month before, look, it was the month before last. They It's moved 26 points toward the GOP. Uh, and I want to come back to that in a second. Also, uh, according to the Daily Torch, Torch the generic ballot, which means if people are just asking general, would you vote Republican or Democrat, has uh, really made a huge change, too. The Republicans now have a lead of uh, 2.8 percentage points, 47.9 to 45%, which is really amazing because generally Democrats lead in that generic ballot pretty easily. But that takes me back to this article in the Wall Street Journal because one of the things that um, – this is a quotation from one of the Hispanic activists. I can't see his name, uh, but he, uh, uh, Jorge Bonilla. He said, on issue after issue, consumers of Spanish language media believe things that are simply not true. Uh, he said that Spanish language media claimed SCOTUS banned abortions when overruling Roe versus Wade and claimed Florida's parental rights bill banned the word gay in schools and public universities. As Democrats desperately call Latinos Latinx and breakfast tacos and their media allies lie and spread disinformation, Latinos are leaving the Democratic Party in droves. Well, you would, you know, you think that was wishful thinking if you did not see the polling that they've just shown. 26 points since August of Latino voters. I think that's amazing. And I do think there's a link here. I, do, I feel like there's sort of a crack in the dam here. Uh, you know, pre remember that President Trump uh, kept saying fake news, fake news, and he called them out at every rally. And I actually believe, because of COVID and everything that's happened, that some of that information about the media that's claiming that people are spreading this information, when it's them that are spreading disinformation, I think people are finally figuring this out. I really do. I think Democrats, Republicans— Non-political people are just like, uh, we've had enough. 
And um, you add to that. And so they're, they're changing. They're changing how they feel. And again, to me, this is not a partisan issue. I am not a partisan Republican. I am a conservative Christian who votes on those issues and on issues, not just not just the moral issues, because I believe that all things must be voted on with wisdom, and uh, whether it's the numbers, whether it's taxation or big government, uh, we have to bring our common sense that God has given us, our wisdom, uh, to figuring out what's best for the future of our children. So, so I think people are waking up. And you add to that the whole notion of Elon Musk buying Twitter, uh, and he's rapidly trying to put things in place, adding people back on the platform, uh, dealing with the, you know the censorship that's been so present and preve- prevalent, and let me say again, I can't uh, overstate how pa- um, powerful Twitter is in the information universe. Again, you may not use it, so it doesn't seem important to you, but I guarantee you, every reporter, every magazine, every newspaper, every politician, every thought leader does use Twitter, and they read what's on there. And if you cannot have a voice. Uh, from the conservative side, from the common sense side, then you go crazy on Twitter, which is, I think, what's happened. And so Elon Musk is kind of sorting that out, and I think that's actually huge. Now, just to kind of give you an example, sorry, of what I'm talking about this morning, uh, there was an opening video on Saturday Night Live, of all places, last weekend. I just heard it yesterday, so you may have heard this before. Uh, Let me just set the stage if I can, because I want us to listen to the whole thing here. Uh, it's a couple, like a young couple, uh, sitting on the television, uh, sitting on the couch, watching television, and they uh, then things develop. And you'll hear, I think you can hear, you'll miss some things because it's just the audio, not the visual. Uh, but the idea, it's pretty amazing, and I think it's kind of proof of what I'm just saying. People are waking up. This is clip 34. Sometimes a familiar face. <laughs> can be the most terrifying. In political news, President Biden has said he intends to run for re-election in 2024. You trust him once. I know he's a little old, but he can still win. Right? He beat Trump. But can he beat DeSantis? I don't know. I don't know! Can you trust him again? He's 79 now. Elections in two years, so that means. When it feels like nothing's going right. Gas prices are still kind of high. Even though it kind of is. Why are we so worried? He's done so much. Student debt relief, holding NATO together, infrastructure bill. But he fell off his bike once. actually going to run in 2024. He's just saying he is to present a united front before the midterms. Oh, what a relief. Yeah. I mean, I love the guy, but he did his part. But if Biden's not going to run, who will? Just when you thought the terror was over. I I don't know. I don't know. Kamala? You realize it's just beginning. There's got to be someone. Cory Booker. He's corny. Mayor Pete. Listen to yourself! From the producers of Smile and the Twisted Minds of Morning Joe. (laughs) 
Kennedy. Babe? A superstar who can go all the way. Hillary! Sometimes your best option. I'm with her. I'm with her. I'm with her. Is the one you fear the most. Uh, Biden, maybe? Are we back to Biden? Yeah. Uh, I like Biden. Biden. So Biden? Biden's great. Right? He's Biden. 2020 Part 2 of 2024. Coming in 2023. That is hilarious. I, I, you know, we'll put that on our uh, getter page so you can watch it because it's funnier, of course, when you can see it. What you can't see, there's a card that slips under the door that's bleeding blood. It says Beto O'Rourke and they scream. That part you missed. But, I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, that's amazing. Saturday Night Live hates conservatives. They've been mocking them for years. I'm not saying they've never done anything quite like this. I don't think they've ever done anything to this extent, naming all those candidates, Kamala Harris and uh, Beto O'Rourke and um, yeah, Hillary Clinton, of all things, she was on when she was running. They deified her. I, so I, I'm just astounded by that, and I do think, honestly— um, as silly as that thing was, which I really loved, it actually made me, la- made me laugh. I think it is a sign of what I'm talking about, that there is a turn. Uh, that Those are all young people um, uh, playing those parts. And could it be that they are actually seeing through uh, the, di- oh, shall I say, <laughs> disinformation of the media? Is it possible that they are finally kind of coming to grips? You know, their lives have been really destroyed by the policies of the left. Uh, they may get, you know, free loans for college, but can they find jobs? Can they buy gasoline? Can they buy food? Can they go out? What what future do they have? Can they buy a house? It's horrible what has happened to younger people in this country because of the policies of the left. So I pray they are waking up, and I'm thinking maybe they are. I'm actually letting myself... Don't let me... Uh, no, I'm letting myself feel optimistic. When we come back, I've heard... Um, a ton of information from those of you listening. And that's where I'm going to go next. I'm going to get stuff from you. I'm going to share it with the wide audience from various states. And we're going to walk through. The election is, you know, six days away. So uh, we're standing diligent, right? Okay, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 
833-44-BIBLE. Paul writes, when one part of the body suffers, we suffer together. This is Bible League International, and the persecuted church around the world is paying a heavy price simply for following the Lord Jesus Christ. Warlocks burned down the home and shanty church that Emilio pastors in Chiapas, Mexico, near the border of Guatemala. And these male witches, they surrounded the homes of church members so they couldn't leave for two weeks. All of this because Christians oppose their pagan worship, but they lovingly share the gospel with those who persecute them. Listen, hundreds of come to Christ. And when I ask these heroes of the faith, how can we pray for you? They never say pray for an end to our suffering because they know God's working through it. What they pray for is that new believers will be able to endure and persevere under tremendous hardship. And you can do that when you can open your own Bible and be reminded of God's precious promises. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10, $500 sends 100. Please, in this season of giving, pray about it and then call 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give it sendbiblesnow.org. SendBiblesNow.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. A group of pro-police high school students defied school leaders the other day and flew a flag honoring law enforcement. A member of the Saugus High School football team in Santa Clarita, California, ran onto the field waving a giant thin blue line flag. That flag had been at the center of a controversy after school leaders told kids they would no longer be allowed to display the flag. They said it was offensive. Superintendent Mike Kuhlman said the flag was even divisive. But most of the student body protested. They said it was important to honor police, especially since law enforcement stopped a school shooter at the high school. So on Friday night, the football team defied the leaders and ran onto the field with the stars and stripes and the thin blue line flags. These young patriots learned that sometimes you have to do the right thing no matter the cost. Be sure to read my book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. It's available at ToddSterns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Truly, from that moment of being canceled until I quit my job, God just was pouring into my life, pouring into my life. And so uh, during COVID, when half of our uh, station was sent home to work in case COVID were to spread and we didn't want to have to go off the air, I connected even further with God because I was working from home. And I had a Bible sitting at my desk. And I remember one day I was just kind of sitting around and I pulled the Bible down off my desk and opened it up and started reading the Bible again. And let me tell you, reading the Bible in middle age, at, at my age at the time was I think 51 or 52, is so much different than reading it when you're going through confirmation or you're in your 20s. When you read the Bible in your 50s, whoa. I mean, it was like a ton of bricks in a good way, Mm -hmm. in a good way, because you've had life experience. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I had a moment where I was looking at my news scripts that were sitting on my desk that I was going to read for the news, and I had the Bible open, and I'm saying, this is a lie, and this is the truth. 
the news is a lie and the Bible is the truth. And so I, I just, my spirituality just was growing, growing, growing. And, and it kind of took, I think, the, the greatest turn when my girlfriend, my best friend, introduced me to her church. And that's when it just, I, I felt a connection with Jesus that I hadn't felt in my entire life. Isn't that amazing? Here I was 52 at the time. I walked into that church, and the first three Sundays, I cried through the church service. As crazy mm-hmm. as that sounds, if you've ever had that experience, and then you get it. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't, you probably think I'm crazy. And um, it, it was just like a full, complete, uh, I, I guess, revival within myself. That was Carrie Lake, and she's, again, the candidate in Arizona. Uh, that was an interview with Glenn, uh, Glenn Beck that I have had for a couple of days, but I I just wanted you to hear it because, uh, for me, I, when I see Carrie and I hear her answering questions, man, I just I sense that spirit. I'm really not surprised. Uh, I had wondered about that uh, because of her uh, her moral, uh, you know, her just strong moral, moral convictions, which I don't think she always had looking back. So it's pretty amazing. And uh, so uh, uh, just one more time, let me remind you as I remind myself that God is so very at work around the globe, in our lives, in everything, in everything, including politics and including this election cycle, including the candidates and the people who are waking up to the to the knowledge of good and evil for the first time in their lives. God does not waste these things. So anyway, that's... um. I just wanted you to hear that. I also then want to remind you that it's almost Christmas. Well, okay, it's not almost Christmas, but it will be before we know it. This is the holiday season, my favorite time, honestly. I think it's my favorite time of the year where we anticipate Thanksgiving, which I love, and then Christmas, which I love. I bet you do, too. And then, of course, I love Easter, too, but that's later. But I think, you know, we've got two holidays in this cycle, and Christmas is going to be coming here before we know and that's why we're helping Samaritan's Purse with their Operation Christmas Child. This goes out to children all over the world uh, in different remote places who've not heard about Jesus. It's a shoebox that contains like a maybe some a toy or two, uh, maybe some clothing, maybe some um, uh, hygiene, toothbrush, toothpaste, something like that, deodorant, I don't know, uh, whatever. But the thing of it is you pack it. You pack it. So you find something that looks like a shoebox. It is a shoebox, I'm sorry. (laughs) Or something that's the shape of a shoebox. And you pack it. Maybe think of a little boy or a little girl as you're doing that. And then uh, there will be uh, the the gospel, the good news of that there is a Savior for this world that we find ourselves in, will be included uh, in the delivery of these packages. And so they're going to pick them up uh, from November the 14th to the 21st. And there are like 4,500 drop-off locations. If you want to know, you know, well, how am I supposed to know that? Well, your church often does this, but if you're not in a place where your church does it, go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC, SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC, and you can figure out, it'll tell you where the drop-off location is near you. So that's uh, SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. And while I'm talking about things like that, I want to mention one other thing. This is a local event. I don't usually do this. But because I love the J6ers, and because, um, well, let me just say that the object of this particular event is uh, James McGrew, a former Marine who's been our guest uh, from jail, 
uh, in D.C. And in Mississippi, they want to honor him and help people remember him. It's called the My Brother's Keeper event. It's happening in just a couple of days. It's November the 4th. Um, It's uh, actually, I think this is mislabeled. It's November the 5th. It said fourth in the headline, but it didn't mean it. Okay, so it's the fifth in Oxford, Mississippi. We're going. They're going to have Leslie McGrew, James's mom, and Tommy Tatum, an independent journalist who was at the Capitol on January the sixth. Uh, they have someone there to speak on pro-life. There'll be representatives from uh, lo- local Bible citizenship classes, Patriot Academy. We all know about that. I've talked about that a lot. So, um, if you would like to go, this is what you have to do. It's um. Go to mybrotherskeeperoxford at gmail.com. So mybrotherskeeperoxford at gmail.com and express your interest. And I think then they'll tell you the location. You know, they have to be careful. And uh, James McGrew, again, is our friend. He's he's really giving us some great information. I keep in touch with a little bit with James and th- certainly through his mom. And so uh, if you're in Mississippi, uh, remember November the 5th. It's going to be from 630 to 9 in Oxford. 6.30 to 9 in Oxford. Go to my brother's keeper, Oxford at gmail.com. Okay. All right, so I've been getting uh, tons of information from all of you. I, I, You know, I read the news. I've got a ton of it here. I could talk to you about what's happening. It looks like things are going very well in the Senate races. Blake Masters, the independent candidate, just dropped out, throwing his support behind Blake Masters. Blake in Arizona is struggling uh, remember that my pre- uh, Mitch McConnell has refused to help in that race, uh, and he's refused to help in the one in Chicago, um, Chicago <laughs> Alaska, Shibaka, Kelly Shibaka, uh, and also the one in New Hampshire. And by the way, that's a former, I think, lieutenant general, I think his rank is, Baldock, I think his name is Baldock, I'm doing, uh, and he's uh, moving ahead of Maggie Hassan. He's doing really well in New Hampshire. I mean, it's really amazing. And Dr. Oz has moved ahead of Fetterman, I think, in Pennsylvania by one point. So that gives you an idea of kind of what's happening, at least statistically, you know. I could also read you some of the articles I have about how the nefarious uh, operations of the left are have kicked in. But uh, let's don't do that right now. Let's talk about other things, because only it's in God's hands. We're going to work, right? We do our very best to make sure we have a fair and free election. And we do our very best to support candidates that we think are the best. And they may not be Christian conservatives. They hopefully are with us on most of the issues. Uh, It would be better if they all were Christian conservatives, but we don't live in a world like that. Uh, We live in a much more rough world where uh, we, we just can't, that's a little bit out of our expectation unless God brings revival. But anyway, that's a a detour. So we're going to work our best and then we leave it in the hands of the almighty, sovereign, omnipotent God, right? So, but meanwhile, uh, I'm getting lots of information from you, so here we go. This is from Jennifer. She lives in West Virginia. She's a, She's been listening for a long time. She brings great information, and she says, West Virginia was able to pass legislation that makes abortion illegal, except in the, except in the case of incest or rape. Our pro-life group will continue to fight for the lives of all babies. We keep moving forward. And by the way, I have, I in my stack, uh, a list of note. I think that I think the number was ten thousand. That ten thousand babies' lives have been saved since the overturning of Roe versus Wade. If I come across it while we're talking, I'll I'll give you the accurate number. But at least that. And so think about that. Think about that. Ten thousand babies. 
will be born. You know, I mean, I, I know that's an extrapolation. It may not fit exactly, but just think about all the lives that have been saved and will be born uh, to do heaven knows what in the future and hopefully good things. <laughs> anyway, uh, she Jennifer says, back to West Virginia, uh, there's a very important Senate race here, which I didn't know anything about, Jennifer. I haven't heard a thing about this. We have Republican Vince Deeds, who is pro-life, pro-family, and pro-American, running against sitting Democratic Senator Stephen Baldwin, who is pro-choice and pro-LGBT. And guess what? Stephen Baldwin is also a pastor. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, in the last days. Uh, yeah, in the last days. But um, Stephen Baldwin, I've never heard of him. He must not be doing very much when I'm reading and studying when I'm in D.C. I never hear his name come up. So, uh, Vince Deeds is running against him. I'm sure he has name recognition, Stephen Baldwin in West Virginia, but uh, there's a, a heads up from Jennifer in West Virginia. Thanks, Jennifer. Uh, and this is uh, from Oregon. This is Ramona. Uh, we are very excited in Oregon that a Republican, Christine Drazen, I don't even know if I've talked about this. I think I have mentioned it, but she might be our new governor, which is amazing. In Oregon, you know that. It's turned, it's so, turned so blue. They've had so many problems. Uh, with uh, riots in Portland and destruction, almost as bad as Seattle. And it is, of course, where uh, Antifa and others have kind of settled in. And before that, Oregon was already uh, a mixed state. You know, like the rural areas, like in my home state of Chicago, are pretty conservative, and the city uh, was pretty left, but I think further left, actually, than my hometown of Chicago. So at least at the time that I was there, I don't know now. But um, Oregon... Christine Drazen, she actually has a chance to win. I do know that. Uh, She's pro-life, pro-family, pro-Second Amendment, and very aware of what this state needs. Remember the the cake bakers? Uh, Yeah, the bakers in Oregon. I can't think of their names. It was a couple. They were in the headlines for such a long time who were so punished in Oregon. They were on the front lines because they wouldn't uh, bake a cake for our gay wedding. Uh, Just the sweetest couple. They lost their business. This has been the atmosphere in Oregon for at least uh, 10, I'd say. I'm just guessing, 10 years. So if they could get someone like Christine Drazen, and and she would be elected in that state, that's just remarkable. So, Ramona, thanks for that. And, I, you know, actually, I am going to try to get Christine Drazen on the show. So I'm going to also do, try to get the uh, governor of Oklahoma, which I'm going to talk about the situation there in just a minute. Okay. So in Missouri, this is from uh, Sandy. She says, I'm about 70 miles south of St. Louis on our election ballot next Tuesday. Besides recreational marijuana, we are also voting for four constitutional amendments. Now, I, um, Sandy alerts me to these. I'm not going to read what she writes because she's not clear, I don't think, herself about what these are. So I, that's just a heads up, and I, she's concerned about it, and I would be too if I were you. Um, we have a lot of amendments here in where we are, and we had to really research them ourselves because it can be very confusing. And I'm thinking Eagle Forum is probably a good place to go for this. Now, I'm guessing, but Eagle Forum of Missouri was used to be one of our strongest um, uh, strongest chapters when I was president of Concerned Women. And that's been a long time, I know, but uh, there's still a lot of great people there, and I bet they're, I bet they're cranking this out. So go to Eagle Forum and look for that. Um, and I'm sorry I can't go into that because you can understand there are four of them. And I'd have to have more knowledge. I can't lead you without knowledge. And so this is um, Kim. Oh, 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 yeah. No, one more time. Uh, This is uh, back to this, sorry, South Dakota. 
And this is from Jill, who is also a longtime listener. She said, recreational marijuana is also on the ballot in South Dakota. Initiated Measure 27. They all call them something different. Uh, Conservatives are working hard in encouraging a vote no on IM27, Initiated Measure 27. So that's South Dakota, and oh, Jill, I do appreciate your heads up on that. Uh, And I'm going to talk more about marijuana in just a second in the context of some of these uh, email that I'm getting. This is from uh, Jim. And he says, um, good morning, Sandy. My name is Jim, and I am a regular listener. I heard your guest from Arkansas this morning talking about the marijuana issue and wanted to share a story of what we have going on here. Hopefully it will serve as a warning to the folks in Arkansas. He's in Michigan. Okay, this is, a, this is really interesting. He's totally right. This is very important. Michigan decriminalized recreational marijuana in 2018. I live in Newfield Township, Michigan, which is a conservative rural community with a population of around 2,500 people spread over 36 square miles. That's really amazing, Jim. The way Michigan's recreational marijuana law was written is each municipality had to write an ordinance either prohibiting commercial marijuana or allowing it. Most municipalities prohibited it, but our elected officials decided to allow for grows and processing facilities. No one in the community really knew what was going on. No one ever attended the township meetings, but that's changed. For a year and a half now, it has been standing room only at the township meetings. Why? Through a huge uphill battle, we've been able to get our marijuana ordinance on the ballot. In a few days, the residents will be voting on whether or not we want commercial marijuana production in our community. We actually had to sue the resources, the township clerk to make her follow the law so we could have this vote. It is still an uphill battle. They have unlimited resources, and the township officials are on their side. The township officials are multi-generational in the community and vilify those opposed to the marijuana production. Your caller from Arkansas expressed concern over non-residents coming in with their drug addiction, um, with their drug production operations. Uh, And then he sends me a video, which I I actually, Jim, didn't have time to, to look at this morning, but I will. Our entire community now smells of skunk from from late July through late October. Um, so um, I'm just telling you, this is a serious problem from your community. We talked about it yesterday on Ar- in Arkansas. They're trying to train, put this as a constitutional amendment in Missouri and also in Arkansas. And I'm not sure what the other motive. And the moneymakers of marijuana are pushing these things through by padding the pockets of politicians. As I told you, the levels, the, the virility of the drug now is doing such great damage, causing psychosis and all, schizophrenia in some cases. I'll be back. Sandy Rios in the morning. This is the time where we all better be on our knees in front of our windows. Where we better have the boldness to stand on the truth of God's word. Where our allegiance better be to him. Listen, he alone has an enduring kingdom. He alone, he alone makes promises and keeps them. God alone, nobody else. Airing the Addisons, weekday afternoons at 2 Central on American Family Radio. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way. The Alexa way. 
So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor nor defer to the great, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Investigative journalist and ABC producer James Gordon Meek had his apartment raided by the FBI on the morning of April 27th. He hasn't been seen publicly since then. After that morning, Meek vacated the apartment, which he'd rented the last 10 years, resigned from his job at ABC, and withdrew from a book project concerning the Afghanistan withdrawal, a project he'd previously promoted on social media. Meek, a journalist known for exposing government corruption, vanishes just before his Afghanistan book comes out. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. They were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Yesterday, Brazil's President Jair Bolsonaro made a brief statement in which he did not concede to his opponent in Sunday's runoff election, Lula da Silva. Afterwards, however, his chief of staff stated that a transition is now underway. If so, every major country in the Western Hemisphere from the Arctic to Antarctica is now or soon will be in the hands of explicitly communist regimes or like-minded ideologues. That's dangerous for freedom in general and America in particular. To be sure, this fundamental transformation has been a long time coming, but it has accelerated dramatically thanks to the Biden administration's malign neglect, if not its active encouragement. Especially the communist victories on its watch in Peru, Chile, Colombia, and now Brazil will imperil U.S. economic interests to assure increased illegal immigration here and cement China's colonial domination of our hemisphere. God help us. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And they talk about inflation. You know, we're dealing with it for a whole second. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now. Because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine. And uh, I think of Iraq because that's where my son died. The, uh, because he died. President Biden in Florida yesterday, speaking in Jacksonville. And of course, uh, the last part is the part that I hope you heard where he claims again that his son Bo uh, died in Iraq.
in the, the Iraq War when his son Bo died, I think, in 2014 from a brain cancer. Yeah, you know, I know you might say that's from dementia, but it's that's the way Joe Biden has always operated. He is a, a practiced, uh, consummate liar, sometimes not that artful. And so it's been happening for years. He's just being who he's always been. All right, I'm going to go back to uh, your email because uh, because you've given me some great information. This is from Kim. She her her son is the editor of Pathway, which is the Missouri Baptist Convention's publication. And regarding the marijuana proposed amendment, there Amendment Three, uh, there's a whole article uh, uh, from um, different from Christian ethicist. It's a Christian ethicist who writes this. Don't be naive about Amendment 3. And so uh, we will put the link to this on our Getter page uh, because um, the editor's notice during the annual meeting in St. Charles of the Missouri Baptist Conference, the messengers approved a resolution opposing the legalization of recreational marijuana. And they, they give a fact sheet about why this is not good. Uh, it's a gateway drug. Um, there are a lot more reasons, and we talked about them in great detail yesterday. I hope that you will listen to yesterday's show, but I kind of left it uh, truncated during the break last time. But even the Poison Control Center is reporting that they're getting they're overwhelmed with calls now from children who have taken have had you know um, like taken candy that's uh, laced with the what's it THC I think it is. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sorry, it's not my language. I T I think it's THC. The THC levels in marijuana have gone up exponentially. I think it's uh, it's just moved, especially because uh, what I'm reading is the manufacturers want to keep the current users uh, able to feel the buzz, and many of them have been on on it for decades, and so they need more more intense uh, in order to feel that buzz. But it's been it's proving to be really dangerous for people. It's creating, I think, one in 10 users become addicted. The traffic accidents, uh, the the, street, the homelessness on the streets, that's happened in Colorado. And then the danger to children is just amazing. And then we cited a doctor yesterday uh, who is a doctor of pain medicine, uh, but he's in Colorado and he talked about how, uh, that's not his only title, but that's one of his titles. And he just talked about the harms of um, of a, he said schizophrenia is connected. We don't have, we can't directly, but there is a correlation and psychosis. So um, I want to read now uh, an email from Joe. Uh, Joe, I think Joe's written before. Joe, you have, right? I've, I've seen your you and your last name before. But he says, Joe says, I definitely intend to vote to legalize recreational marijuana in Arkansas. Here's why. In my late teens and early 20s, I smoked marijuana and hashish a lot. And then in 1972, I started practicing yoga and completely lost interest in any sort of intoxication, since the Spirit of God is such a better high than any intoxication. And because yoga gave me so much energy, I wanted to work and accomplish things rather than sit around stoned. I had no withdrawal symptoms when I quit. In my experience, marijuana is completely non-addictive. Um, Joe, just let me—I hope I've already addressed some of that. Uh, when you were taking marijuana, you were smoking it, the levels of THC were much, much, much smaller. And so you you can't really argue that it's the same now, and the stats show that it is not the same now. 
we're getting increasingly more people writing about this. Alex Berenson, the New York Times reporter, I interviewed Alex long before he was ever became a champion calling out the COVID nonsense. He was writing on marijuana. And um, that was, can you imagine how controversial in New York City? Uh, but I'm just telling you, it's not what you hope. It's not what you hope. Um, you Then you also, Joe goes on to say, when I moved to Arkansas in 1980, I met a woman named Luana the most brilliant and closest-to-God person I've ever known. She was pro-life, which was new to me. Uh, Luana smoked marijuana a lot and often invited me to smoke with her, but I never did. Then there's my friend Janet. Janet is the most devoted Christian I've ever known. She is a Christian medical missionary, an expert in herbs and massage therapy, studied with some of the best natural healers in America. She used to sell Bibles door-to-door. She saw miraculous healings. She said that uh, Jesus came down from heaven in a chariot to visit her, just like in Swing Low, Sweet Chariot song. She said she begged Jesus to take her up to heaven, but he said no. She still had work to do on earth. And I could uh, read—Joe's written a very uh, long—I read it it all, Joe, so thanks for taking the time to write this. Now, the point to me here, more important than my disagreement with you on marijuana, and I think you're in denial here because your experience was different— um, and I'm just telling you, it's much more deadly now. And you've got grandchildren, I'm guessing, and children. You need to think about the future. It's kind of like reminds me of women who've had abortion. Uh, and even though it may have been detrimental to them or made them hard and cold or embittered or regretful or guilty, uh, because they had one, they don't want to see the law overturned because it would make them feel worse. And so I'm just saying, don't don't let that be the case with you, Joe. But here's the most important thing. The very most important thing I want to address here is when you say, and I'm, I'm maybe I'm doing a leap here, when you started yoga, you completely lost interest since the Spirit of God is much higher than intoxication. And then you mentioned Luann, who was the closest to God person you knew, uh, but she often smoked marijuana. And then you mentioned Janet, who was a Christian medical missionary who sold Bibles and saw miraculous healings, and saw Jesus come down on a chariot. Okay, here's the deal, Joe. When you speak of God, you have to be really sure that you're talking about the one true God, Jehovah, um, his son Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Uh, Yoga does not um, pertain to that God if that's what you're talking about. If you're a Christian and you just happen to be doing yoga, there might be some variation there, but I'm just warning you. That is not what you experienced in yoga is not the one true God. It just isn't. That's all connected to Hinduism. And when you tell me that Janet is a Christian who saw Jesus come down from heaven in a chariot, um, I'm sorry. Um, That just does not comport with what we know from Scripture. That is fanciful, and it actually makes my point. This is fanciful thinking. It's not related to reality because our God is not, he doesn't come down in chariots. Uh, There's just, it just defies logic uh, and it defies scripture. And you just have to be sure. I was in a restaurant, a beautiful place outdoors in Chicago years ago. And I I was by myself because Bruce was working and I was sitting there working and a, a woman caught my eye, just just interesting. And we started to chat, and she, I just started sharing my faith. I don't know what the catalyst was because it's been too long to remember. 
uh, but not because I thought she was a Christian. And then she responded to me that, yes, she was, yes, and she knew about Jesus and that she had I basically, in general, regular contact and all of that. And I just start, kept listening to her. And I knew because of the things that she was saying that she was not talking about the Jesus of the Bible, the Savior of the world. I just knew she wasn't. And it was hard. I just, I just interjected as kindly as I could to explain to her that there are spirits who imitate Jesus. I could give you an example of a woman I interviewed years ago who had a spirit guide called Jesus, um, and she served him faithfully, and then she had a, a horrible, a horrible moment with this spirit guide who appeared so loving where he, the, the facade came off and it was a demon. Now, there are spiritual forces at work here, and I think when you get high on drugs or you get, you know, you lose your faculties, uh, they are able to work in your mind more. And so, Joe, I'm just cautioning you. Um, the one true God, you just need to get in Scripture. I don't need, I can't convince you, but you need to get into Scripture or a Bible study and discover for yourself, you know, test for yourself. The Bible says test the spirits to see if they be of God. I suspect the spirits you've been interacting with are not of God, and that's what makes me, one of the other reasons why I'm really concerned about the effect of marijuana on, on our minds. So just... Be careful, because the future of our country, really, in this regard, is at stake, too. Okay, enough about that, because I have to. I want to talk about something else. I've been hearing from uh, all of you after that interview on COVID with Dr. Malone and also the, uh, the real Dr. Fauci movie. And by the way, uh, if you didn't see that, uh, last week we talked to the—was it last week? Yeah, we talked to the filmmaker, the real Dr. Fauci. Uh, it was just a really powerful interview, and that's just really—he's— that very knowledgeable. And I really still recommend, if you can't watch the movie online, the real Dr. Fauci dot, the real Dr. Fauci movie.com is the site, the real Dr. Fauci movie.com. Uh, then listen to that interview from last week. Uh, and it will give you a lot of information and kind of recap the movie and you'll understand. So um, this is from Anne. She says, um, I have not heard anyone talk about steps we could take to help ourselves be healthier if we, took the, if we did take the vaccine. Do you know anyone who could speak to us on this? I so deeply regret taking it as I had an adverse effect and have an autoimmune de- disease now for which there is no cure. I pray every day for healing and God to spare me from further symptoms. We fell into the pit of lies being told and sold. My husband and I thought we needed to take it due to our health conditions. Of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. And I just this just makes me sick. It just makes me sick. But let me let me say again, uh, the 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 damage that this vaccine, not this shot, has done, uh, is un unpalatable for all of us. This is horrifying for all of us, uh, because we all have family members and friends who took the vaccine, and even if it isn't us, because we didn't take it you know, we will pay that price too. And so our heart breaks with you. Let me just say, if I were you, a Frontline Doctors is still very active. And man, they're all on top of this. Go to FrontlineDoctors.com, FrontlineDoctors.com, and get a message to them about what you want to know. And I bet you, uh, for let me just say, uh, there we haven't had uh, people survive, who have had the COVID shot. We haven't got studies. Uh, and we don't have enough time. We haven't had enough time to do definitive studies. And so uh, you know, I think there's reason for hope. We don't know if this damage will last or not. 
We just don't know. There's speculation, but then that's speculation. So go to FrontlineDoctors.com, and that may apply to, apply to all of you listening. Um, this is... Uh, uh, okay, she's, he, oh, this is from Vince. He said, My wife and I were both forced to take the job, jab, or lose our jobs. My wife is an RN, but we prayed and decided to put the shot in God's hands and trust in his protection for no ill effects, just like Paul shook off the viper and went back to talking. And we both only took the first shots and refused any more. Thankfully, so far, nearly a year into it, neither of us have had any issues as a result. And God, thank God for that, Vince. That's great. And um, so he's asking, couldn't the society sue against anyone in government that pushed the lies? Uh, let me just say quickly, uh, there's immunity built into the, the law regarding these vaccines that provides immunity to drug companies and manufacturers, and they certainly gave them extra protection under COVID because we were told, because it was an emergency, we all thought, right? And then uh, hospitals also were given immunity during that, and they're still given immunity. And so uh, they actually, you know, killed so many people with uh, remdesivir and the, the, the ventilators, uh, but so you think there'd be a chance and maybe some, I don't know, but I think, you know, maybe politicians, maybe in time, I think there might be a reckoning for Dr. Fauci and others who, uh, pu- who push this really, this is a strong word, but it really is like genocide. It's like, it's like mass, mass killing. It's just unbelievable what they have done to us with knowledge and uh, how we trusted them, how we trusted them. I didn't trust them, I have to say, but I did at first. I did on some things. I was unsure, so that's not really true. Uh, but then I learned how very corrupt they are. And um, this is um, uh, Jolene said she sent the podcast to several people on the Real Dr. Fauci or the movie, and she's she says I don't know if they'll ever speak to me. I guess Jolene, the way I feel about it, because I sent it a lot of people that are total opposites of me politically. If I saw my friends, all of them that I saw that I sent this to, including family members, if I saw them walking out into a street and I saw a truck coming, I would grab them, even if they didn't want to be grabbed. And that's how I view this. That's how I view this. We are saving lives by getting the word out on this. So I suggest that fire away, send it, send it, send it. All right. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.